0: This is Dallas Noctigal. Welcome back to Bestowing the Brush. Thank you for listening today. This is the podcast that helps you with visual literacy and drawing skills. But just like any other good podcast, I don't only think this podcast is good for those reasons. I think this podcast is really great for continuing education of the mom who is homeschooling her children. I think this podcast is very good encouragement in one's own um, artistic endeavors, whatever they may be. And I also think this podcast is really good for anybody who just needs to listen to something. Well, whatever the case, I'm glad you're here today. Today is a short episode. I am reading from Anna Botsford Comstock, The Beloved Handbook of Nature Study. She writes about the field notebook. A field notebook may be made a joy to the pupil and a help to the teacher. Any kind of blank book will do for this, except that it should not be too large to be carried in the pocket, and it should always have the pencil attached. To make the notebook a success, the following rules should be observed. A. The book should be considered the personal property of the child and should never be criticized by the teacher except as a matter of encouragement, for the spirit in which the notes are made is more important than the information they cover. The making of drawings to illustrate what is observed should be encouraged. A graphic drawing is far better than a long description of a natural object. C., The notebook should not be regarded as a part of the work in English. The spelling, language, and writing of the notes should all be exempt from criticism. D. As occasion offers, outlines for observing certain plants or animals may be placed in the notebook previous to the field excursion so as to give definite points for the work. E. No child should be compelled to have a notebook. Wow. No child should be compelled to have a notebook. Okay. The Field Notebook is a veritable gold mine for the nature study teacher to work in securing voluntary and happy observations from the pupils concerning their out-of-door interests. It is a friendly gate which admits the teacher to a knowledge of, of what the child sees and cares for. Through it, She may discover where the child's attention impinges upon the realm of nature and thus may know where to find the starting point for cultivating larger intelligence and wider interest. I have examined many field notebooks kept by pupils in the intermediate grades and have been surprised at their plentitude of accurate observation and graphic illustration. These books ranged from blank account books furnished by the family grocer up to a quarto. The pages, which were adorned with many marginal illustrations, made in passionate admiration of Thompson-Seaton's books, and filled with carefully transcribed text that showed the direct influence of Thoreau. These books, of whatever quality, are precious beyond the price to their owners, and why not, for they represent what cannot be bought or sold, personal experience in the happy world of of out-of-doors. All right, my favorite part is later, the correlation of nature study and drawing. The correlation of nature study and drawing is so natural and inevitable that it needs never be revealed to the pupil. When the child is interested in studying any object, he enjoys illustrating his observations with drawings. The happy absorption of children thus engaged is a delight to witness. At its best, Drawing is a perfectly natural method of self-expression. The savage and the young child, both untutored, seek to express themselves and their experiences by this means. It is only when the object to be drawn is foreign to the interest of the child that drawing is a task. Nature study offers the best means for bridging the gap that lies between the kindergarten child who makes drawings because he loves to and is impelled from within and the pupil in the grades who is obliged to draw what the teacher places before him. From making crude and often meaningless pencil strokes, which is the entertainment of the young child, to the outlining of a leaf or some other simple and interesting natural object is a normal step full of interest for the child because it is still self-expression. Miss Mary E. Hill, formerly of the Goodyear School of Syracuse, gave each year an exhibition of the drawings made by the children in the nature study classes. And these were universally so excellent that most people regarded them as an exhibition from the art department. And yet many of these pupils never had any lessons in drawing. They had learned to draw because they liked to make pictures of the living objects which they had studied. One year, there were in this exhibit many pictures of toads in various stages, And although their anatomy was sometimes awry in the pictures, yet there was a certain vivid expression of life in their representation. One felt that the toads could jump. Miss Hill allowed the pupils to choose their own medium, pencil, crayon, or watercolor, and said that they seemed to feel which was best. For instance, when drawing the outline of trees, in winter they chose pencil. But when representing the trillium, or iris, they preferred the watercolor while for bittersweet and crocuses, they chose the colored crayons. Don't you love that? It just made it sound so simple. Just get a regular old notebook, get yourself some paints, maybe a crayon, maybe just a pencil, and you can go out and sketch. And it's just as easy as that. You don't really even need drawing lessons. Uh, A simple observation is really really uh I mean for lack of a better word <laughs> really delightful I think we tend to over the overuse that word sometimes with with uh, Charlotte Mason lessons but yeah I think it's true that it's just don't forget that you just like to do something just to do it all right next book I've been reading is Deep Work by Cal Newport Uh, Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. I relate to this because I have been so distracted, especially the last year. I don't know if you guys could relate to this. I've been so distracted. I think um, with 2020 being so much everything was online and we were Zooming with each other and... You know you were there you were there it was was such a weird experience it really was um and just in reflection mode here pardon the narration time but as as I look back I launched my first beginner course right at the start of COVID praise the Lord I mean it was a wonderful providential time We're very thankful for that, how that all happened. Really, the Lord's hand is so evident in how he provided for our family. Such a blessing. However, it did require me to be online a lot, doing customer service, emails. Um, Definitely, definitely. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know this trial, (laughs) the editing the editing of my of my first course, the editing of my second course, it's just a beast. I don't really enjoy it that much. I do enjoy crafting the videos to be what I want them to be, but I don't enjoy the, how, <laughs> I don't enjoy how sore it makes me, how much it gives me like a little headache behind the eyes and how, um, I mean, it's just, for me, it's, so much brain power to just do that and I have to do it at the end of the day it's when it's quiet out you know it's quiet out in the hallway so I mean I'm definitely not complaining I'm thankful for uh learning more about online you know apps online social networks, online things. Um, I was reminded last week that I really don't Zoom very well. I didn't, I actually did not use Zoom very much during the COVID situation. I, um, there were other video things that I used, but not so much that one, but I was just reminded that, oh yeah, this is a skill, like, Um, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. I don't know where the chat function is, all those things, but even, even just regular things on the computer, I, there's a few, um, pieces of software that I use for recording podcasts. There's another software that I used for a while to take little snippets of my podcast to put in my stories on Instagram and then just little, little pieces of software like that, where it's just you one-off have to learn it to get it to work for you in some way I don't know basically what I'm saying is the internet is just too much sometimes (laughs) it's just too much and I think this is one thing in deep work that I've been learning about is that our the way that our culture is online and the way that um the the internet the way that the internet is built, the um, user experience is very much helping you to be very distracted. Now, I'm not going to say that, I, I, I guess I don't like it when people say, well, Instagram's uh, algorithm is such that blah, blah, blah. Oh, Facebook's algorithm is terrible, blah, 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 blah. Because at the end of the day, we can all, I think, just take responsibility for our actions. At the end of the day, there are so many distractions that we can have, but we also choose to be distracted. No matter how outgoing and how eye-catching and how, uh, like triggering, if you will, something is online, we still have a split second of a decision to make. Whether or not we're going to be angered by something whether or not we're going to be um emotionally other otherwise affected by it it's a matter of the heart I think too God put us in this context for his purpose and so instead of just being all oh no the internet the internet made me do it social media is terrible I really don't think, I really don't think the internet and social media is terrible. I think that humans are terrible. (laughs) And the internet just is a very thin veil that makes us feel like everything is very anonymized and it's not. So, um, yeah, God knows your secret desires of your heart. And so does your neighbor when you say things that don't go well over the internet. All I'm saying is there's shallow work to be done and there's deep work to be done. What I'm finding out is that, of course, naturally we know that deep work is a concept that is where you're really pressing into your work, thinking hard about it, in, a, in an environment that is undistracted. You are 100% focused on the work that needs to be done and you're not uh, quickly answering a message or checking your email. You're not thinking about the next person you need to text to get to the Bible study. You're not thinking about the next school thing that you've got to order on Amazon, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Shallow work is... Um, it's just letting life and circumstances be thrown at you, and it's not containing those things in a meaningful way. Whereas deep work is a more, I think, I, I think it's a better approach to your work for sure, because it means that you're actually taking control of what is asked of you. If you have so many things being asked of you, you can decide to put those into containers of your time and handle it within the time that you need to handle it whereas shallow work is just everything is on fire and I'm putting out all these fires all the time at least that's how I'm interpreting what I've read of this book so far I'm let's see here 79 I'm 79 pages in so I, I like what he's saying. I've been listening to his podcast as well. It's great. I recommend it. I am new to working. I'm new to homeschooling relatively. We've only been doing it. This is our fourth year. And it's been very good. It's been very hard. It's been one of the most challenging things I've ever done. I'm sure you can relate. And because we run two businesses at our home and because we homeschool and because we have church uh church ministries to be a part of and we have family and friends to love and take care of uh yeah a lot of things take our attention so I think this is why I was really drawn to the deep work book I I have just wanted to be less distracted I've really wanted to be less distracted about my work so what I'm saying is that I I hope me reading this book will help me to be offline when I don't need to be. It will help me to think about social media in a more helpful way instead of just letting myself be distracted by it. I think it will also help me to do some deeper work that I've really been missing like really getting into painting and drawing whatever that means in my life right now. I would love to be able to make some small body of work but as you know or maybe you don't know but if you're if you're more creatively inclined you know that takes a ton of time it takes a ton of thought energy it takes downtime so downtime is not at a premium right now so I have to make the downtime <laughs> and then it's a matter of disciplining the downtime so that I'm not picking up my phone, checking Instagram. I'm not, you know, ordering the things that I need online. That said, I think, um, of course I'm not going to be perfect at it. So I, I also need to keep in mind that this is something I'm trying out. I hope it goes well. I think it will. Um, And I don't want to do something I've done that in the past, which is just, oh man, I read this awesome book and I really, I just need to implement it now, right now. I need to stop what I'm doing and just go full, whole hog, just dive in. (laughs) And though that's my natural tendency to do, I, I know that's not healthy for me, my family, my husband. It's also just being... I think it's just being um, mm, I don't know what it is. Hmm. Maybe if you know what that that instinct is if you have that instinct let me know somehow send me a direct message on Instagram or something and say I am just as diseased as you are why do we think we have to just dive in head first about everything so I'm trying to be trying to be soft launchy about it trying to be balanced if you will heavy quotation marks there whatever that means but yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes i will maybe update you about it later or not Mm, wait to find out (laughs) okay last thing i want to narrate to you is i'm reading alexander mccall smith thanks to much of you, the number one ladies detective agency, the first book. And maybe I won't page through it right now, but she gets to a part where she's talking, talking about her childhood. She's a, for background and context, she is the number one ladies detective agency in Botswana. And her, her dad worked in the mines in South Africa and these are a genre fiction mystery series that I'm really enjoying. So the idea is that she becomes a detective after the death of her father. It's a funny scene. I'll let you enjoy it. Um, that happens. And then it's interesting because she talks about Uh, starting her agency but then it kind of gives little vignettes on her growing up life and then in this one she talks about how she was trained by her nurse or her um, cousin I think in observation just like what I would say is an object lesson like being very observant about what's around you and then making sure you know when something changes lots of little observation games like that. And her nurse was always asking her what types of tree this was Describe this tree. What do you call this tree? Depending on what its characteristics are. And I just found that to be so hmm, reassuring. I don't know just that, Oh wow. I'm not the only one who's like training my children in these observational skills. And I, I think we all should, it's so important. It's so worthwhile and she got it got to be where when she went to formal school that she was already trained in all these observational skills and then she got into a drawing contest for her district or her uh, region and she ended up winning first place so they they uh, shipped her off to the place where she was going to win an award And she gets there and they're raving about her drawing. And the guy says, yeah, it's goats. And she said in the back of her mind, she thought, this is not a picture of goats. This is a picture of cattle because my my father raises cattle. And (laughs) so she ends up telling the guy, I cannot accept this award because I drew cattle and, and, and you put the title as it being goats. And so because you thought it was goats, to me, that's saying that it wasn't a bad, or it was a bad drawing that you should have known they were cattle, not goats. And the guy gives her the award anyway, because he said she's the most honest child he's ever met. And that that was a good thing. It was heartwarming. It was such a bad moment in my heart, even though I didn't raise this child. I thought, good for you. Good for you. Okay. Well, that was slightly related to drawing, observational skills in general. There you go. Here are the things I'm thinking about. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little different, a little narraty, a little more off the cuff. Um, it's yeah, we're four weeks into school and things are a little rocky right now. I'm sure you can relate. So I didn't want to give you too much heady, heady stuff and I can't handle that either. So I hope school will continue to go well for you. I hope you can get out. I hope it's beautiful where you are, where you can get out with your notebook and do some sketching. I hope you can do some observational games. I... I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I've played this game uh, when I was growing up with my dad. He would, if we were at a restaurant, we were waiting for the waitress, we were waiting for the food to come. He'd say, okay, what's on the table? Do a full skin of the table and memorize it in your mind. And then we'd close our eyes after we did that. And then the person instigating this game would would move one thing. So they'd move the one thing and as we got older, it kept on being like more slight in, in the movement or whatever it was. And then we'd open our eyes and we'd have to guess what it was. So, um, that was, I feel like that was a very, it was a really fun family culture thing that we did. It was a fun way to make a game out of observation and it was so educative. I think it was, it was helpful. Okay. Okay. If you have any ideas, any other ideas on making drawing and observation a part of your family culture, shoot me an email. I'm at bestowingthebrush.com. You guys know I have a website. Uh, Well, that's bestowingthebrush.com. Sorry, my email address is bestowingthebrush at gmail.com. Website, bestowingthebrush.com. Lots of resources there. Lots of the parents review articles about drawing and fine arts are there as well. They're really great. I've also recorded some of those on my podcast, so check back to earlier episodes on those topics. Please do check out my two drawing courses. I have a beginner course and an intermediate course. And for the intermediate course, I introduced the concept of using a picture plane to flatten your field of vision to help you uh, draw perspective better I call it foreshortening because it's called foreshortening, and those are those are available now. If you order them before Saturday at noon, I ship them the following Monday. So pre- be prepared to have them two weeks after that time. I think that's about uh, about the time that you'd get it. I do ship to Canada. I'm in the U.S. I do ship other places on the world globe and canada is $25 shipping anywhere else in the world $35 shipping and the picture planes are $18 and then with each additional one picture plane it's just one dollar added to the shipping price after the u.s shipping price that is what i have for you today if you want to check out a Um, a latest live painting session that I just did I painted some gemstones over on Instagram bestowing the brush it went okay I I thought my (laughs) masking fluid worked pretty well I was wrong opened the bottle it went completely bad tried it I was trying this illustration technique long story short big failure had to course correct and try something else but it ended up being a pretty happy accident i'm happy with the result you'll have to let me know if you enjoyed the gemstones painting or if you have gemstones of your own that you can paint shoot me a picture shoot me a picture of anything that you're doing right now i try to collect those and then repost those with your permission in stories on festley friday That's all for now. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy your next week of school. Talk to you all later and happy drawing.